This is the legal disclaimer, where we tell you that the views, thoughts, and opinions shared on this podcast belong solely to the person talking to you right now, and not necessarily Brady or Brady's affiliates. Please note, this podcast contains discussions of violence that some people may find disturbing. It's okay. I find it disturbing, too. to Red, Blue, and Brady. In today's weekly wrap-up, we cover mass shootings, the murder of a violence interrupter, the ripple effects of gun violence, and a judicial nomination gone wrong. Now, if you've listened to the wrap-up before, you know how this goes. Let's hop right on into it. So we continue to see mass shootings this week, but today I'm highlighting two in particular. First, there was a shooting in Jersey City this past Tuesday, one that local authorities are calling a targeted attack on the Jewish community. The incident left six dead, including one police officer and the two assailants. The attack began at a cemetery when Detective Joseph Seals was shot as he approached two people inside of a vehicle that was also linked to a recent homicide. The incident then continued at the Jersey City Kosher Supermarket, where the shooters killed three people and injured at least two others. This active shooter situation put the local community on serious lockdown, including area schools and synagogues. News reports show that at least one of the shooters had ties to an anti-Semitic hate group. Thousands of people from Jersey City and, and Brooklyn communities have since gathered to pay their respects. One attendee said, everyone is feeling this loss. Everybody is feeling unsafe. We saw mass shootings move from close-knit little neighborhoods to military bases, where late last week, there was also a mass shooting at a U.S. naval base in Florida. There, three sailors were killed and eight wounded in what the FBI is presuming, quote, was an act of terrorism, end quote. The suspected gunman, who was killed during the attack, was a member of the Saudi Royal Air Force, and as such, was training at the base in Pensacola, Florida, along with a bunch of other Saudi nationals. Now, this isn't uncommon. Military from U.S. allies around the world go to the base for flight training. Moreover, this is the second shooting at a U.S. Navy base. Two were killed, and another was wounded at the Pearl Harbor Navy shipyard near Honolulu only days earlier. On a personal note, we lost Clarence Venable, a 40-year-old resident of Southeast D.C., who had recently begun training to be a violence interrupter, tasked with reducing homicides in the city's southeast neighborhood. Clarence was fatally shot after leaving an anti-violence meeting called Cure the Streets at the Alliance of Concerned Men. This is a great group, one that focuses on neighborhoods experiencing violence, where individuals from the community come in and act as mediators. Violence interrupters like Clarence are embedded in communities across D.C. And, and even elsewhere, where they do things like host events and work with individuals to help prevent and resolve conflict before it turns into violence, especially gun violence. In particular, Clarence spent a lot of his time trying to prevent gun violence. In addition to countless friends and family, Clarence leaves behind five children. Clarence was doing more than the right thing. He was doing the honorable thing. He was doing the great thing. He was trying to end gun violence. And he was doing it in the boots on the ground way. You know, I do it by talking into a microphone. Clarence was actually out there on the street actively engaging in this. And so his loss, I think, really is devastating. Not just to his family and his friends and his community, but to a lot of people in the gun violence prevention movement. His death was the 152nd homicide in D.C. this year so far. 
demonstrating the long-term effects or even lifetime effects of gun violence, workers' compensation claims have emerged as another yardstick, as another way to measure the devastation that the mass shooting in Virginia Beach left behind. So the newspaper, The Virginian Pilot, reported on Sunday that 450 city employees have filed for workers' compensation benefits, which if you're not familiar with those, workers' comp provides lost wages and, and medical coverage for people who are injured on the job. The vast majority of those 450 claims focus on mental health. These claims illustrate the long recovery that often follows a shooting. Now, in case you've forgotten, the May 31st Virginia Beach massacre claimed 12 lives after a city engineer opened fire in a municipal building. Mayor Bobby Dyer said last month that city employees, uh, family members, chaplains, first responders, and others have all been traumatized by what happened that day. Now, finally, this is an odd one, but an important one to include in this news wrap-up. So Brady almost never weighs in on judicial nominations. It's just not something that as an organization we do. But this one was so extreme that we not only had to break our silence, we had to issue letters and press releases about it. So Brady called on the U.S. Senate to reject the nomination of Lawrence J.C. Van Dyke for the U.S. Court of Appeals in the Ninth Circuit. Sadly, we weren't successful. He was confirmed. But why was Brady and why were so many others concerned? Well, Van Dyke has made his very dangerous and uncompromising views on proposed responses to our nation's gun violence epidemic very clear. In fact, he's publicly opposed common sense gun violence prevention policies that are proven to save lives and that the majority of Americans support. You can go check out the Pew poll that I've linked to this episode. Trust me, the majority of Americans do support these. Mr. Van Dyke has publicly stated that the basic measures to prevent dangerous individuals from obtaining firearms are, quote, misdirected. Further, he has made public his opposition to any additional legislation or regulations on ammunition or or firearms or restrictions on access to high-capacity magazines or legislation that expands the background check system to cover private transfers or commercial sales of firearms. And... I'm sure you're all deeply surprised here right now. He has connections to the NRA. What I think this last story really exemplifies is that it's not just enough in gun violence prevention for us to keep track of our losses. The people we've lost, the shootings that occur, both the mass shootings and sort of the stuff that gets classified as everyday gun violence. It's, It's not enough to just keep track of those. We have to keep track of what's happening legally who's getting appointed to positions, who's taking positions on courts, what laws are passing, because those things end up really having an impact on our ability to fight this epidemic of gun violence. But hey, you're tuning in, hopefully, week after week for these, so thanks for doing your part to stay informed. Thanks for listening. As always, Brady's life-saving work in Congress, the courts, and communities across the country is made possible thanks to you. You can keep this Brady train rolling by liking and subscribing to the podcast, by checking us out at bradyunited.org, or by following us on social at BradyBuzz. Be brave, and remember, take action, not sides. Sides.